Today's episode of the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Brand new sponsor, Inside Tracker. Welcome to the ORM family. Today, more than ever, it's essential that we're making the right decisions to keep our bodies healthy, to help us be resilient, live better, or simply take on whatever the day may bring. Nowadays, we are overloaded with nutritional information, leaving us with more questions than answers. Does that even work? Can I trust it? Will it work for me and my goals? For the truth seekers, the change makers, and the goal getters, the answers are inside you. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood and DNA biomarkers along with your lifestyle habits to help you optimize your body and reach your goals. I just did a whole breakdown with Jason Jacksetic from Inside Tracker. I got my blood, I got my DNA. There's an episode coming with all this fun stuff. It taught me a whole lot about what's going on inside my body, about what I'm prone to do, about how I can improve on those things. And you're gonna hear that episode and you're gonna learn an awful lot. But in the meantime, go ahead and check them out at insidetracker.com. Unlike the power of your potential with Inside Tracker. Get 30% off today at insidetracker.com with code ORM. That's insidetracker.com. Welcome back to the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast. I'm your host, Mappy Davis. It's Monday, November the 2nd, 2020, and I'm so glad I'm recording this episode today because tomorrow is going to be historic. Tomorrow's an election day. We only have them once every four years, a presidential election, that is, and no matter whose side you are on, no matter who you tap a name for... It's going to be nutso tomorrow. So I'm glad I'm teaching you now because I don't know what's going to happen. We have record turnout for early voting, which is great. However, millions of people will be placing their votes. And the lines are going to be fucking insane because they go around the block when people get off work anyway. Now add the six feet thing right? Let's assume that a lot of places are going to do this. The lines are going to appear even longer, which are going to frustrate people more. Oh my goodness. If you didn't go out and vote early, I I just, I pray you figure out, you go to a location like early tomorrow, or you just figure it out. Uh, And then everyone's saying we might not even know the winner tomorrow, which uh, we didn't, we haven't a couple times, right? That's, it's come up a couple times. You know, when I went to bed in 2000, I can't do the, the, backwards math. See, Clinton was 92 and 96. So yeah, it was, was 2000 when I went to bed and Gore was the president and I woke up and George Bush was the president. And then we had a few weeks of craziness. Um, so it's not unheard of, but we've heard even it's going to be more crazy tomorrow. So I'm just saying I'm recording this now, not knowing like maybe, maybe something even more crazy than we even thought would happen. And then we'll go back and listen to this and be like, holy shit. How little did we know that X was going to, I don't know. It just, it could be nothing. It could be fine. But then again, it might not be. (laughs) So anyway, I'm just glad I'm recording something today, Monday, November 2nd, 2020. Enjoying some coffee, some office brew. I used to say the home brew, but now I say the office brew. Um, We work here, coming to you from the WeWork in Midtown. And yeah, slowly, slowly, people are starting to come back. I mean, it's still essentially a ghost town. I still have this conference room to myself all day, which is unheard of during non-COVID times. I can still park on the street and not get a ticket. I've been saying since March, since April, the day that I walk to my car and there's a little parking ticket on my car, I'll be like, yep, we're back to normal. Uh, Because so far I leave my car uh, at a spot that's supposed to be moved every two hours or you get a ticket and I haven't or use one of those little meter thingies and I haven't and it's not been a problem. Speaking of tickets, I did get a moving violation tomorrow. Remind me to talk about that with Josh tomorrow on Davis and Chase. If you don't listen to Dave and Chase or you're new to this show, or this is your first time checking this out uh, because the women that are on this show uh, know that this show is an obstacle racing podcast uh, at its core. Uh, and then I do a whole lot of other stuff. I'll talk to ultra running people sometimes. I will talk to CrossFit people sometimes. I will talk to ninja people sometimes. I will talk to somebody I just want to get on the program. 
a race director, an industry person, whatever, uh, non-running at all sometimes. But it's a good show, and it's a good chat. And now we've started to break off into a real network here. We've got Nick Riker and Ryan Woods with a show called The Rye Reasons, all about The Bachelorette. And in the future, perhaps about The Bachelor. We've got Faye and Jess. That's right. We launched the first episode last week, Faye Stenning and Jess O'Connell with the Nitty Gritty Podcast. Uh, two women that are going to teach you an awful lot about running and training and strength and endurance. Uh, so look forward to those episodes. They're going to come out every other week uh, for now, but the second episode will come out this week. So that's two episodes in a row. So that's coming. And then Davis and Chase is a show with Josh and I. We cover news of the week, I guess you'd say. News in OCR, news in endurance, news sometimes in CrossFit, news and kind of whatever we feel like talking about, some pop culture. And it just, it kind of goes where it goes. And uh, that's Davis and Chase. That's every week. We record that show on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, and then it launches somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday, typically. So uh, lots of great content here. Also, follow our YouTube channel, where I put up an awful lot of videos, sometimes uh, shorter versions of these podcast interviews, sometimes other stuff, sometimes race reviews, gear reviews. And oh, yes, like all of your other favorite podcasts, there's a way for you to support this program by donating on the Patreon. Patreon is a way for you to enjoy this show for free as you always have, but now you take a couple of dollars out of your pocket. You put it in the show's kitty, if you will, and then with that, I can produce better programs. I can do more content. You help the ORM train roll. Yes, we do have advertisers that pay some of the bills, and with your help, we pay even more of the bills, and you get exclusive early access content. You get Patreon-only content. You get things that we do inside the group that we do with each other that you're not going to know about unless you get on the train. Let's welcome a couple of new ones. What do you say? A couple of new Patreons? A couple of new patrons? Christian Michael just bumped up. Thank you, Christian. Fee Devin. Welcome, Fee. You pledged for a year. You can pledge for a whole year, and then it's only charged once, and you're donezos. Is it Fi? Is it Fee? I'm not sure. I'm going to go with Fee Devin. Paul McFarlane, Jamie Heron, welcome. Maddie P, welcome. We do a lot of fun stuff here, guys. Get on the train. It's a good time. On today's program, Biggs Backyard Ultra with Sarah, Maggie, and Amelia. Sarah Moore got 200 miles in her very first Biggs Backyard Ultra. Last year's winner, Maggie, made it 39 hours and 162.5 hours. And our good friend, Amelia Boone, made it 33 hours and 137.5 miles. Uh, I've spoken to Amelia many, many times. I've spoken to Maggie once or twice. Never had Sarah on. Uh, All three of them were great. Uh, If you've seen the video, it was about 20 minutes of this. But here's the rest over an hour plus you haven't heard yet. Let's enjoy. Away we go. Do you gamble at all, Amelia? No. I like my money too much. I, um, I should never gamble because... Uh, I'm bad at it, and I have, you know, I'm a crazy, crazy addict. So uh, I was gonna say, not it's so the best. Bad. It's so bad for me to do that. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you the story later. I ended up betting like twenty five dollars in the Falcons. Oh, that's nothing. And then I'm stopping. <laughs> yeah, that's anytime. what that's what every good addict, addict tells themselves, right? Stop anytime, please. <laughs> uh, it's a much longer story for another time, and we have so much to cover. So we have Sarah Moore here. We have, we have Maggie, who I've, I think I've always been too embarrassed to ask your last name. <laughs> it's Guterl. Oh, look, it looks. I did just go by Maggie G or something. Okay. And then our old, old, old friend. So old. Amanda Boone. Welcome to the program, everybody. So uh, glad to see you. It's Booney, actually. Did you know that? Booney. Did you get a new nickname the other weekend? No, no, actually we, we did figure out. So Courtney is Dewey. Maggie is gooey. I'm Booey. <laughs> Sarah's Mooey. So yeah, Easy. in my mind, that's what I went with. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> I like gooey the best of all of those. Gooey ties in with how much I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, are you, um, are you in prison or a rec center? What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> this is my sister's new house. I'm in her office. She hasn't decorated yet. She just moved in. So for for audio listeners, although you can tell she's in 
audio listeners, you can tell she's in a barren room, but visually, <laughs> we're just looking at just blank space. And an orange, and an orange toque. And an orange toque. Uh, a a Laz inspired toque, uh, I'm guessing. In, it's, Canada, it's, in Canada, they call those a toque. Yeah, it makes no sense. Americans go with beanie or whatever. I just call it. I haven't showered today, so. Well, I <laughs> join the club. <laughs> I showered and shaved just for this call because you know Sunday. You look is, fantastic. Well, thank you. Sunday is. I literally just got out of the shower. Sunday is you know Sunday, so it's like you know what I mean. But I but I wanted to make sure I got I got ready for this. All right, so I'm gonna ask uh, Maggie the first question. Maggie won last year. And so some might say, not me, some might say, Maggie, why go back? <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's fun. I want to go back next year. Uh, also, like, so the funny part is if you win, you haven't reached your limit. And then if you don't win, you can do something better and you want to go back and try again. So it's just like a never ending circle. Right. The only way to know if you've reached your limit would be if you died. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you like dragged each other, like two people just remaining around and around until maybe you got to 100 hours and then kept going until somebody like you both don't make a loop at the same time. <laughs> and then there's no winner. Do you do you apply more pressure on yourself showing up this year or was it more relaxed for you this year? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was I, I know like our. Like what Laz said, he's like, last year was magical. And as it was, like, nothing really terrible went wrong. And, like, that doesn't always happen. So, like, I was prepared for, like, a lot of things to go wrong and just, like, deal with them. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you can only troubleshoot so many hours. Um, so, I mean, like, I didn't have any more pressure, like, oh, I have to win or anything. Um, I thought it would just be fun to finally be at a race again after a year. And I was really excited because there's only 15 people. And I really hate the first day when there's like 70 people on that single track. It's super annoying, even though it's really fun. But like also it felt like more camaraderie like right away. I don't know if that's correctly put together sentence. But like because when you get down to like that many people later in a race, there's this like tight kind of bond. But like that was like right away because we're just 15 of us. So that was cool. And Sarah, was this your first time there or not? Yes, my first time. And how never you, forget your first. And how did you get? How did you get selected? <clears throat> I honestly don't know. <laughs> oh, she no, won I, uh, a golden ticket. Yeah, I got a golden ticket this year uh, at a Michigan backyard, and um, I did the virtual uh, quarantine backyard. Um, so I got on Laz's radar, I guess, from those two. But I think I just got lucky, really. Well, I actually saw that that Michigan one because I was when I checked out your Instagram, but I didn't I didn't believe there were golden ticket events for for backyard. I, I didn't think any of Laz's races has golden tickets. Um, well, I think it's a new thing that he's just started to introduce to um, grant access into the race. So there's like a portion that he he picks, a portion that are golden tickets. Um, I think a portion for like the international folks. So <clears throat> I don't know how long the golden tickets have been going on, but um, it was the first year of the golden ticket in Michigan. So yeah, because that for people that want to get to, you know, a race like that, that's so exclusive. It seems like, oh, well, shoot, this is like worth it, like really worth it to go to the especially like, it'll probably start to get really blown up in the next couple of years. But like before it gets crazy, like, hey, you probably won't have to go as long as you have to go at Laz's because it's less people, right? Like, how long did you go? Oh, um, <clears throat> at the, the Holly or the, the Michigan one. Right. It, it lasted, this year it lasted 28 hours. Right. So. Uh, but there was definitely some incentive to, you know, get that golden ticket because, you know, they everyone wants to go to Biggs, especially after Maggie crushed it last year. And Right. Well, I'm just saying that, like, I remember seeing one, I forgot which one it was, but I remember seeing, like, the winner was crowned at like 25 or 26 hours. And I was like, well, that's not very long at all. Like, you know, that's like, I mean, obviously to a normal mortal, that's a very long time, but to, um, you know, the people that, that go for something like bigs, it's like, Oh, what's a day. Right. The bigs is like the ultimate, uh, championship, right. It's, it's where the, the best of the best come together, but you know, every course is different, every climate. So you don't know what you're up against. If you're having some rough weather, if it's hot, if it's, um, 
deer fly season um, when you don't know who's going to show up. So uh, you're only going to go as long as your, your number two wants to go. So you, I kind of felt like uh, I could have kept going and I, I wanted to keep going at my backyards. Um, so it was nice to be able to go to bigs and play with the big dogs. So Amelia, when you and I first started talking last year about this, mm-hmm. I said, do you have a goal? Cause in my mind, I was like, oh, well, she's going to have some sort of amount of hours or goals to go. And you said to be the last one standing. And I was like, oh, that's also a good goal to have. Did I? You said that, yes. (laughs) That was last year. So this year. (laughs) So, well, listen, and it's not not right or wrong, right? It's like – Right? It's like like I look at it, I guess, and you guys could tell me that – it feels like maybe not this year because it was small and there was teams, but in the bigger fields, I feel like it's probably more, I'm guessing more like, like Barkley where it's like, I'm probably not going to finish, but I want to see how I can do here and if I can make it to the fun run or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's like, not everybody goes into it thinking they're absolutely going to, going to be the last one standing, but they want to, they want to give it their all and see what they can do. So anyway, Amelia, yeah, you drove this year. What did you think? Uh, I mean, so I, the funny thing is I didn't actually really know I was in this race until like a month ago. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, cause I, I was waitlisted forever. And then I think with the, um, with the international field, not being able to come in. Um, I mean, I had goals. I really like, I think I was like, I really like to get to 150. I'd really like to get to 200. Um, I also think I've kind of realized that, maybe just being so antsy from so many years of injury that I may not have the amount of blatant disregard for my body that's required to like, to win this thing, you know, to like do this in that type of format. Um, and so that's what I think that I struggle with, with bigs. Like I love it and I absolutely adore it, but I, I'm just like, I do think in my mind, I'm like, I don't really know if I'm in that mindset anymore to be able to do that. Um, just because I think, and I'm sure like Maggie last year, as you said, like if you, you have to have the mindset that you're going to do whatever it takes to be that last person standing, you know? Um, and so maybe in some ways I'm just kind of realizing like as much as I adore this race may not necessarily be like where I'm at with like how I feel about my body and stuff like this at that moment, you know, but for me, it's just a blast to go out there and to be able to see how long I can keep going. And it is just such a weird race that where you can stop and, you know, I stop at 33 yards and then I'm like, Oh, I only ran 33. You know, it's just funny because then people are going for like twice as long as you. Right. It's the only race where you feel bad about yourself for running over a hundred miles. Right. <laughs> Right. Sarah, Sarah did 200 miles and you're like 13th way to go. Way to be 13th. You know, it's like, right. In the world. Right. I can totally relate. Right. Yeah. So, so let me ask, so I'm going to ask you, you know, you know, I asked people for, for some questions, hoping they'd give me some really good questions, but you know, people just want to know about food and that kind of stuff. But, but I guess the, the, the most obvious thing to me who knows a little bit about running, but is not an expert. This is, this is my thought. Okay. When the early times are coming in, right, I'm looking at Maggie's times and I'm like, whoever's running faster than Maggie is doing it wrong because she knows how to do this. I'm being serious. I thought if I was Amelia, I would hang right before or right ahead of Maggie because, mm-hmm. you know, she's your friend anyway. You guys can chat. But everyone else is doing it wrong. They're going out too fast. Like that was my – so yeah. tell me, Sarah or Emilio, is that logic flawed? And then we'll get Maggie to talk about how, you know, your pace this year. So I can, uh, so I will say that I think that it's about finding what works for you. And clearly I did not find Maggie what works left, for me. Maggie is so I know, offended Maggie by this like... question. She's like deuces. <laughs> I'm also going to say really quickly, I meant, to, I meant to say this at the beginning. I am home with three children. My wife is out. So at any point you might see me do this and then I may or may not come back for two or five or 10 minutes. So hopefully That's, we'll okay. we can. We can talk amongst ourselves. Yeah, I'm sure so. you are. Titus keeps barking, so. Okay. Right. So just give me the heads up about my kids that I, 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 when I said, hey, let's talk today, let's do it, but I, it's always yeah. either way. All right. So back to yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Well, okay. So, and I think that what I realize is that everybody, you can actually do more of a detriment to yourself by trying to run the pace of somebody else that's not comfortable for you. 
Um, and so I have very, very long limbs. And as much as we joke, like Maggie and I joked last year that like my stride compared to everybody else's was completely different. And like, so I'm not used to kind of like the ultra shuffle type of stride. And, um, I realize my body feels better when I run a little bit faster and then I have like more time in between. Um, and so I think that you can get into kind of a detriment if you're like, okay, well, this is what, you know, the previous winner runs. And so I need to follow her exactly. But if your pace is, if your stride is different and things like you can actually kind of fuck yourself up by trying to match that, you know, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in trying to figure out like what works for you. Like, would I have enjoyed running every single loop with everybody else so I could chat and stuff like that? Absolutely. But then I realized my body was feeling like shit when I was doing that. And when I kind of sped up and like did my own thing, I felt way better until the wheels came off. So maybe it wasn't a good strategy, but that's kind of how I looked at it for myself. All right, Sarah, how about you? Yeah, um, I am more of a slow and steady, consistent um, strategy, I guess, when it comes to the backyard. And that worked for me and my other practice backyards, I guess, leading up to this. And um, I sort of stalked Maggie yeah, and her... Uh, performance and wanted to know how she tackled it. So I, I liked following the girls and letting them show me the ropes because they've been there and they, they knew the course, they knew um, what paces to set for different um, markers along the trail. Uh, so getting warmed up. Yeah. That um, I let them lead the way. Cause yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but um, in the night I was, I wanted to go a bit faster, but I found that I, I wasn't able to, uh, at least about as fast as I wanted to. Um, so I don't know. I was shooting for like the 50, 52 minute, um, mark and then during the trails and then maybe 48 to 50 at night. But, um, I don't know. I, I find it, it's nice to go slower, um, over the distance. So when you just settle in and you know, you're going to be there for a while. All right. So, so Maggie, for you knowing, you know, like, okay, run for X amount of loops or, or, or yards as it were, I'm just going to do what worked or do you like, do you have like, I'm just going to go by this feel like ish. Did you approach it any differently? I guess. Um, well, he said he changed the course to make it easier this year and like more streamlined. Cause like it's, it's not a flowy course, but I feel like the first couple of laps we ran exactly like 53 ish minutes, which is exactly last year. I don't, notice any differences <laughs> so that seemed think, to work i think he removed like one rock <laughs> i know and he raked some leaves or something like yeah um but like, yeah i don't know i just get stuck in the same kind of pace or whatever and i'm used to like a shuffle because like most of my training was super slow because i've been having like breathing issues so i haven't done a ton of speed work so i mean i just the first day it was was perfect. The, the second day I was like the last one and it was pretty slow and that wasn't ideal, but whatever, it was consistent. <laughs> so, uh, and then the road, yeah, I think, I think the road, I was the same again. Like, I think I ran mostly with Courtney. Um, maybe Sarah, everyone ran faster so they wouldn't have to hear your jokes all night or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, Sarah wanted to talk to people and everyone puts their headphones in at night. <laughs> They just kind of I got no love. Nobody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> You're like, what is, but then you find it the second night you found a friend, right? Gabe. I, I, I paid somebody by the second night. <laughs> he just couldn't run any faster to get away from me. It's true. He was he was doing like the limp shuffle for a good 50 miles. I like, think. oh, like poor guy. Away. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know it was coming. He couldn't get away. Yeah. <laughs> victimized him <laughs> so you, you just want to tell people jokes like knock knock jokes like street jokes i don't know, I don't know just, if that's what you call them <laughs> like any jokes i like i like i like the funny punny ones but you know sometimes i like the naughty ones because they get me going um, what was the one you told us about the gophers in the cross country or the <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference between podcasts can I say that one? You can say sure. anything on this show. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, what's the difference between a women's track team and a pack of gerbils? Oh, my God. I have no idea. <laughs> well, the gerbils are cunning runs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to make sure I said it right. <laughs> I know. It's a it tough one. Some thought. It's a tough one. To, yeah. To get to get right. Yeah, yeah, you can you can get you can mix that one up real quick. Yeah, cunning, <laughs> cut, cunning runs. Absolutely, it might might be the name of this episode. Who knows? Um, uh, so, I mean, it, it it definitely like you know any race of any distance, anybody can go out too fast. This certainly seems like one where you've got plenty of time to find your groove, right? Like you're yeah. n- and not to do enough damage to set you back. So, uh, but it still feels like having done it before, you know, even at even any sort of not just this one, but any backyard ultra, like, okay, I, I know that I've got to stick to X and, uh, it's probably, it should be relatively easy for me. I mean, I guess the question that comes is that, you know, we're all sitting at home, we're all watching, we're all watching the, the, um, the, the times and the splits and, you know, you know, Laz, you know, if you guys went back and, and read, you know, the amazing prose that is Laz and he's talking about the trail monster and you slow down and you slow down and you have less and less time to recover and then you finally bonk and you watch certain people, that's definitely the case, right? Like 48, 52, 56. But sometimes, and I don't remember, and I didn't want to pull out all the stats. It, it didn't go that way. Like, I think, Amelia, I think you had like a couple of good laps and then just stopped. And I think that that happened for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, um, ha, ha, like, Talk to yeah. me about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I when I when I hit the wall, I hit it hard. Um, unfortunately, this year, I think last year it was kind of a slow death. Um, this year was more of a like feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. All of a sudden, like nausea, puking, can't pull myself back together, like type of thing, you know. Um, and so it it came like the wheels came off in rapid succession, um, and so. I mean, it wasn't exactly how I wanted to plan, but that's like such the tricky thing about, and, and the genius thing about bigs is that any other race, if I had given myself like 30 minutes to sit down, like cool, I got rapidly overheated, cool down, get my body core temperature down. Like, like I could have been like, okay, and push on and give up and go, but you can't do that. You have to be really good at triaging in like little doses. And I think another thing that works against me is like, I'm a super emotional person and I'm like, you can't do like watching Courtney and like how mechanical she is. And I'm sure she had shit falling apart everywhere at times, but like you would never, it would never register on her, you know? And it was just like so mechanical. And I think for me, I probably my greatest enemy is my head because I'll like get into those spaces and then just not being able to pull myself out of it in time to like regroup for the next loop, you know, and I've seen, I mean, I've been like that in every race that I've done. You've seen me through world's toughest mutters, like crying miserably, but like, I can do that on my own time. Right. I need to try it all out for 30 minutes and then I'm good and I'm ready to go. But you know, you're on Laz's clock here. And, um, I think that's, what's so genius about this actually. And, and how about you, Sarah? How did your, how did, how did your end come? I guess. Oh, I had a few good cries <laughs> during, um, out there. And, um, like the first night, like hour 23, um, I cried on Aaron, like to him. So he was victim number one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so lonely. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me is the, the emotional mental game, same as Amelia. Um, and, and just that loneliness out there is rough. Uh, so something I'm going to work on or, you know, be aware of now for next time. Because hopefully. the laps are just so lonely. Yeah, I mean, everyone kind of just zones in and does their own thing, plugs into their music and uh, goes their own pace. So you're kind of spread out in that road. There's nothing to look forward to. On the trail, you've got different things that you can kind of set your mind to. So every three, four, five minutes, you've got something, uh, landmarks. Out on that road, I was looking for poles or just something to like set my focus on so that I could just, you know, break it up. But there's nothing to break it up. There's like one light in the middle of the thing and it just keeps getting further and further and further away it feels like no matter how fast you run so yeah i, I don't know I, I cried it out the first night and then the next lap you know the sun comes up so you feel better uh and then the second night um same thing started to hit a real low in the middle of the night and i just could not get out of it from like lap yard 41 to the end i didn't want any more of that night because i 
I hated it the first night <laughs> going into this another night. I'm like, I just need to feed off of people. And that's something that is my weakness. Cause I, if I don't have people, I'm like, nobody, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it alone. Some of those, some people are you know, like you were saying about Courtney being mechanical and Maggie just seems like a brick of unstoppable force. And you guys just don't show what you're really going through. And I'm just wearing it on my sleeve. Like, I think Laz during one of the night loops posted about me making animal noises because I was just like so fed up of that stupid road. I'm like, give me a curve, give me something to, you know, look forward to this, this road is torture. But but I feel like but, ultras, yeah. ultras by nature, even point to point are, is like, you're going to be alone a lot, right? I don't know. Maybe I just felt really, really lonely. <laughs> I don't know. Usually I run my ultras or my, my big races like that with my husband or, you know, with friends. So usually we stick together. Um, I haven't actually done a whole lot of racing independently. So this was, this is new to me. My favorite part is like, I was laying in the tent, I think just catching a nap on the second night at like hour, um, like 47. And I hear Sarah screaming at the top of her lungs after the bell goes She's like, this road, she's like, you're so straight, no turns. And she's like freaking out. And I was dying because like, yeah. I guess you really meant it, but it was kind of funny. Like, I feel like you were still in a positive so place joking around. But, and then I, no, think, I, I think you were done soon after that, but <laughs> it's so funny because I loved the road and maybe that's just the nature of like me. I just put in my music. I was listening to Carly Rae Jepsen on repeat and I just, I was just grooving. And that's maybe it's like, I almost want, I was like, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to, I was just like, I'm just doing my thing. And then on the trail, I was like, oh, so different strokes, I suppose. What do you, uh, what do you listen to Maggie? Um, well, uh, let's see. I have a lot of like, I don't know how to describe it, but the kids call these type of music these days. Um, but mine's like, more instrumental like rhythmic stuff and like I mean some of it has lyrics I had an awake uh playlist that I never got to use because I was pretty awake the second night just trying to make make the time cut off but I had like some screaming music to keep me awake because I uh, that this music kind of lulls you to sleep it's really peaceful so but I didn't get to use it and when <laughs> did you when did you start not feeling great Maggie um I don't know around my 40. <laughs> Were you were you concerned? Were you like, this is too soon to not feel great? Uh, you know no, that there's gonna I be- feel like every year, like it's around mile 20 that something starts to swell up. So I was like, whatever. And then I got to the road the first night. I ran with Courtney. We got in a rhythm. Like it was good. And I got to the trail and I'm like, okay. And the first two laps were fine. And then I was like, I cannot get my body moving. Everything hurt. Back of my knee kept like buckling. And so I was basically finishing every lap for the rest of the like nine laps at 57 minutes, 58 minutes. And I was like, whatever. And I was, actually that was a, I was in a better mood the second day than I was the first day. Cause I was like, I can keep doing this. And it's, it's actually kind of fun. Like it was, I was sleepy when I went into those day laps, but it was keep, that was also keeping me awake. Just like, Holy crap, am I going to make it? And you're like running hard on the flat parts, but I couldn't move through like the, there's some parts where you kind of have to like, kind of like if you're you're fresh you can just hop 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 like over these like rocks and like awkward turns and like I couldn't do that and it just waste time so you have to run a little bit faster on like the smoother parts and it was super entertaining to me to try to make every lap but I was like just get to the road and I think it'll all be better and then it I thought it would be okay you only have two minutes you can't do anything except go back to the start I know I think that also didn't help because I didn't have any time to main maintenance, like what was going wrong. So it was just downward spiraling like issues. So I was just grabbing like tailwind and that was it. Like, well, they said they were, uh, again, it was one of Laz's blog things. He, he talked about, they were like trying to patch you up. Like, I guess. People- oh, yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> it was so humid this year too. Well, it's humid yeah. every year, but it was particularly disgusting. And so the taping required more than just slapping tape on like, uh, and I don't even know if the tape was doing anything, uh, but it was a great effort on Gina and the rest of, you know, I inherited my friend Elaine when Phil dropped out and my buddy Otto was crewing me and like, they did a really good job, but <clears throat> I don't, 
I think I was too far gone at that point for tape. It, it tape definitely can only seems so like <laughs> it, it definitely seems like to go really deep in this race, like you couldn't do it without a crew of at least two and maybe more just because the time is so short, like to make a sandwich would take too long. You know what I mean? To do anything yeah. other than. I agree. I mean, it's, you, you are allowed one, but you usually inherit more as you go. Like Johan, the year he won against Courtney three years ago, he had no one, but like the beginning, the beginning of the race doesn't matter too much. You're just like, it's easy. You have a lot of time, but then, you know, Johan had like four people by the end of the, the race. So, I mean, that definitely helps because there's like less on your plate and especially when they know you and they get in a rhythm and they're really good. Like there's just, all you have to do is run. It's like really great. So how disappointed were you Maggie when it, you realized like, okay, this isn't happening. Um, I mean, I was sort of used to the idea by the time I missed that last lap. Cause I was like spent all day wondering if I was going to make it. And I, di- I wasn't even in the mindset, like, Oh, eventually you're going to time out. I just, like didn't allow myself to think anything. Right. So, uh, I mean, when I finally figured out that I was going to miss it, I was like, well, bummer, but you know, like I'm just, I'm just sad. I didn't get to hang in longer. Cause like, you know, I know like, um, the longer there's the more people are in it, the longer, the better chance you have to go really far. And I really regret not being able to be there, you know, for Courtney at the end. Um, and I also don't, I've never been up for three nights, so I don't know how I would handle it. That was Harvey's downfall. He just, he just couldn't take the sleep deprivation anymore. Um, his legs were fine. For me, it's like, <laughs> he, he ran the next day. Um, yeah. literally yeah, so did. For me, it was like, I was mentally in it. Like I was like in it for the end, like, but my body and everything else, and those have to be together. Like what, you know, Sarah, I think you could have kept going, but it's mentally, it's really hard. And like, I've yeah. been there and. You got to that mindset that like, I mean, you'll bust through it if like whatever, but you know, I mean, I think you can do like insane shit at this backyard. It just, you just have to get over the loneliness or something. I don't know. You're so extroverted. Like this is a very bad format for you. Well, <laughs> but it's I, good in a way because you get to hang out with different right. people every lap. It's good yeah. when, when there's interaction, but so I don't know. I, I do need to work on that mental you know, loneliness thing. But also I just think if you just don't know what you're up against, I, I think I underestimated the night. I looked at it as, Oh, it's flat. It's going to be easy. Um, so I, I didn't think that that was going to be my downfall. Yeah. It's hard to like, I, I, cause I, the first year when I was up for two nights, like I, uh, my body was already declining, but like part of it was just like, I think I could have pushed on, I wouldn't have made it past 200, but I could have pushed on a couple more laps and I regret not doing that. And like, I was really blindsided by how crazy sleep deprivation makes you feel. And like, you know, also knowing that you're going to be like the last person to finish a lap. And like, when you were like sort of in the middle and like that gets in your head. And then yeah. I think, you know, like the slow once decline. You're, what you start to sense the slow decline and then you start to doubt yourself and you start that, that uh, insecurity creeps in. And I think coming into it as like the, the newbie, the rookie, I looked up to you guys and, and all your experience and thought, you know, I was pretty intimidated from the, from the get go of like, Oh, there's no way I can compete with these guys. I mean, I was, it was just last year that I was, you know, fangirling over it, the, the race and just geeking out in awe of what you were able to accomplish. And then here I am getting to walk up and meet you and pull, run alongside of you. So I kind of think that, um, intimidation. Well, you ran 200 miles. You're one yeah. of the last <laughs> five people in it. Wow. Now, think, now, now you are the big dog. So watch out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to follow you and stalk you on the trail next year. <laughs> so she's going to, she's going to fangirl you next year. Watch out. <laughs> you should have seen how Matt, you should have seen how Maggie was like, Maggie's so not good at accepting compliments. And she's like, hey, can we change the subject now? <laughs> I was totally geeking out over it. I was like, oh was my funny. God, I love you guys. <laughs> so I told, so Pam Smith is like this ultra running idol of mine. She's since I started ultra running, I saw this cover of her, an um, ultra running magazine. She had won Western state. She's like a normal person. She's a doctor. She has a job. And like, she won Western States. And I just thought she was like the coolest. And I finally got to meet her and I definitely fangirled her. And now we're friends. And like, I talk to her all the time, but like, 
you know, I did the whole take a picture with her and I was like all shy. And I told her, I was like, I was like, I was like, I think I've made it. I was like, this girl, Sarah Moore, is like, she fangirled me. I'm like, it's full circle, ma'am. You don't understand. I took my first picture with you and you didn't even know it. It was like one of those selfies. I was like, who's here? Maggie's here. I was like, guys, look who's in the picture. She's in the background, like talking to someone else. <laughs> well, listen, Sarah, oh, I can I, I can relate. I'm a heart on my sleeve guy. I'm a super emotional guy, so I can totally relate. So maybe you just, you know, your husband drops you off somewhere, like you know, you <laughs> go you go hike a mountain overnight or something, and just get used to those lonely hours. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got some things that I'm gonna practice for sure. But I think also just having having done it now and having a little more confidence helps. Um, and uh, I don't know having Maggie take the piss out of me when, when I finish and she goes, well, this race just got a lot classier. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> like, cause you're not in it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So when you were, when you were approaching 200, was it one of those things? that's like, if I, keep I made feeling- myself a deal, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going on. Okay. I wait. like slow rolled the last lap because I knew if I got in with time, my, my crew was going to talk me back into another one. I just, I was so pissed off at the whole thing. I was like, there's no way I'm going on. So when had you made that decision then? At 41. <laughs> so 41, you said, if I make it to 200, I'm done. Yep. And, and then at like. It's gone that far though. I mean. There, yeah. there was three hours left, I think. And I think we were both crying in the, in the tent. My husband too. He was just so emotional. I think from the being up for two nights in a row and he's like i'm just so proud of you and i'm like stop you're gonna make me cry i'm crying for other reasons but now watching him like all you know it was kind of cute but i was um, imagining you were gonna say like mile 170 you you said that to yourself like you really like that's a how many days is that of 41 to 200 is a lot no, 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 41, 41, 41 hours. 41 oh, hours. Oh, okay. Well, so you meant 41. Seven miles. hours. Yeah. 41 miles. <laughs> so I gave it a good solid work day of uh, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. That's, okay. That's true. So you, right. So you gave it eight good hours of like, all right, this is, this yeah. is, if I can make it. Okay. Okay. That, well, I just figured they always say if you can make it to the night, you can make it through the night. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to make it through the night. And I knew that I, well, at one point I thought I was going to time out because I just was feeling like I was going so slow. Um, and when you're used to getting in good times and then all of a sudden you're slowing down, it starts to eat away at you and your, your, uh, I don't know, mentality, your confidence. Mm-hmm. And I also thought, you know, I'm not getting sleep. Like I was watching, uh, everyone else getting in ahead and, and able to, you know, lay down and sleep, but I, I wouldn't have time for sleep and maybe, I don't know. Forcing that was putting too much pressure on myself. Can you guys explain to people how one gets like four minutes of sleep or six minutes of sleep? I would explain, but I've never been able to do it. So well, you come in, you come in at a, say 47 minutes, you lay down and then you tell your crew to wake you up in seven minutes and then you get up and then you eat. <laughs> And then you get back in, but you can't do that if you have 58 minutes, 57 minutes. <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean, that would wear, that's what I was thinking. I was trying not to think about it, but when I was going slow on those laps, I'm like, okay, can I maintain this? Cause I couldn't run down the hill. There's a one hill. It's the steepest part of the course. It's mm-hmm. on the road. And my calf was in this knot that wouldn't release. And then once it got flatter, I could run, but it was taking longer and longer for that to release or like feel like I could run. And then, so I was like, okay, well, can I do 58 minute laps, 57 minute laps all night? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired already. Like, I'm not going to have any time for sleep, but I'm like, let's see what happens. And like, I was like, okay. And like thinking like, this would be a great experiment to see <laughs> if I can do this with literally no sleep. Uh, so like, yeah, that would suck. Cause I mean, the way to win it is think long-term and be able to get naps. Like, I mean, Courtney, was really sleepy the second night she said and then the third night she was able to sleep so which i are, think was so she was so like coherent so that means if your calf was not up you didn't travel with your personal dry needle person i wish we were talking about getting courtney and now amelia they share a pt or getting this pt to come next time that would yeah. be amazing patrick's coming next year 
<laughs> and, and be your crew person. I mean, maybe amazing. that's what you need as a crew person is to have a physical therapist there to like get rid, like help everything that's going on with your body. You know, you got a triage. That so would be the ideal. When were, were they telling you about, you know, everyone's at home is watching the various country stuff. Were they telling you about that stuff? Did you care before you stopped? Like, yeah, they were saying like if yeah. the six of us made it to the morning of the second um, to like 200, basically, that we would get to third um, as a country or as a team. Yeah, we just kept being told that we were like dead last for that. We had the slowest lap times of everything. For, I remember him being like, mm-hmm. yeah, America's just really sandbagging it right now. But I think that no other team really had the trail like the technical type of trail aspect that we did. Um, but even then, that I guess our day loops that we were, that's why right. our average was so bad. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, and, but I, and everyone's like, yeah, you guys are really slow um, compared to everybody else, but that's all I heard. Um, I, we didn't get, I think it would be cool. Or like we weren't able to really like see the other teams on the screens. I think that they like were trying to, if they do this format again next year, like that's like a big thing to try and like, so we could actually like see what's going on with the other countries, but not that you have time to really. Right. You don't, that's do that. what I was thinking is that, okay. So once you were done running, did you, were you guys like interested? Cause yeah. basically it was like, you guys were in terms of the time doesn't matter. It's the number of, it's the number of yards. And so yeah. America started a whole person down. Mm-hmm. So you already are missing whatever Wardian would have gotten. Right. Even if he only yeah. got, you know, 24 or 50 or whatever it was. Right. So anyway, I don't know. I just didn't know if, if that was, if that was something that crossed your mind or that you even thought about even after you stopped, like, are you just so happy to be done and just rooting for everybody locally that you kind of didn't care about the other stuff? I actually did. I felt really, I remember when I did the walk of shame back. Um, cause I could, I knew I was going to time out on the loop, um, by a lot, uh, that I like, I felt like for the first, instead of just being disappointed in myself, I realized I like actually felt like I let other people down, which is interesting because that's the first type of like race where I've ever like felt that. And I think that's kind of cool because you have that team aspect. So you do kind of feel this like obligation and sense that, you know, you're letting other people down, but everybody was like so supportive, you know, even the first person who dropped, everyone's just like, fuck yeah, so proud of you. Good job, dude. You know? And that's just, that's just who all these people are. Right. That's what you should do. The 25, like Olivier, he, uh, <laughs> LeBron, he's like one of the best 24 hour runners that we have. He's a French guy, but he's a U.S. citizen. So he's been on the 24 hour team a bunch. Um, he's been the top scorer in the U S and like, um, he was like, Oh, Amelia, you're so good on the road. You should do a 24 hour. So I feel like she should try it. <laughs> It's a cool team aspect because, like, when yeah. you go, like, I feel like you have the speed because you do need speed. Um, and, like, it's a 24-hour event. Like, you could stay up for a day. I think right. that would be a really cool – it would help with the mental barrier too because, like, mm-hmm. it, I think – I just think you'd be really good at it. I think you should try and qualify for the – it would be in two years if it happens this year. But Right. Yeah. So there's my next – look at me. I'm going to turn into, into a roadrunner, everybody. Watch out or track runner, whatever. Don't do the track. Do the track. <laughs> yeah, I did the I did the one mile thing at Laz's, right? I did race for the ages. And that's yeah. the and that's the hardest I ever I ever pushed myself, like really past, yeah. really past the this is stupid. Why should I keep going? And like, you know, just that comes over and over and over again. And any race I'd done like that in the past, I'd either quit or timed out. And so that was, and it was great, but I wouldn't do it again. Like I did it at age 44. Maybe I'll do it at age 44. It'll be kind of fun or whatever. And even that's like, people are like, how do you run a mile? Like the people that do the track ones, I think are truly insane. Like the, it's the fucking track. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm so blown away that people get, up for that and like excited to do it. I have no, I, I have, can't comprehend. Yeah. I, Maggie's done a few track ones. <laughs> well, it's not kind on the body. <laughs> yeah. All the turning mm-hmm. and whatnot. Maybe I'd have to bring out a pair of the Nike for or vapor flies and just, you know, maybe I've also done them too close to other events. So I think you just need to go into it really rested. Do, do you own a, do you own a pair of vapor flies? Amelia? No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I didn't think so. That's why I was I was curious. What uh, what did you wear What did you wear for this race, Amelia? 
Uh, I wore Nike Wild Horses and Hoke Speed Goats. Combo of the two. Uh, did I mention what a fan I am of the Speed Goat 4? Uh, you did not, no. Um, so nearby, but I'm going to say that I may never wear another trail shoe. You know, I realize that I, um, you know, I have to mix up my shoes because they stress the different parts of the body. So right. Hoka's are great, I think, for some things, but then also at other points you need a little bit something different. But glad they work for you. Yeah, big, big, big fan. Not for OCR. Big fan. Not for OCR. But but for trail, not no. Trail. But they, you know, they do have the Vibram outsole, so you could actually use them. I know a lot of people who ran World's Toughest Mudder in them with yeah, all the cushion, right, so you could if, use them, right? But if you're doing just a regular obstacle race with lots of mud, you want to have some some yeah. You want to have some yeah. lugs, so I wear I wear VJs for those. What did you wear, Maggie? Um, a bunch of ultras like Lone Peak on the trail the first day, and Olympus the second day, and then. I don't know. On the road, I kept switching road shoes because like nothing felt right. Right. <laughs> Torrens, and then I wear the old duos, but they felt like I don't know wood blocks on my feet. <laughs> Do you wear the paradigms at all? I did for a little bit, and then for and they've been great in training. But like I felt like I don't know if I was running weird, but it felt like this part of my foot was just hanging off the uh, mm-hmm. the sole of the shoe. Yeah, was, this feels weird. Sarah, what did you? Uh... What did you wear? Ultra as well. Um, I think I whatever Amazon sells at a discount. Yeah, I think you had Lone Peaks and you had the old duos. You had both old versions. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they're like $50 instead of 100 and something. Maggie, do you pay very close attention to what other people are wearing? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes because I'm curious to just watch shoes work for different people. Yeah, uh, like Harvey was in Newton's the entire time, right? Does he run yeah. Newton, I think? Yeah which I, you don't normally see, but yeah. All right, Amelia, we do have a Instagram question. How many Pop-Tarts did Boone eat from Corey Edwards one? Uh, just one. And it was before the race. Which flavor? I don't eat cinnamon roll. I, I, I love that. I'm just like indignant that somebody didn't even have to ask that question. Um, yeah. A cinnamon roll Pop-Tart before the race. I don't eat Pop-Tarts during the race normally. They're too. Um, How do you feel about the s'more Pop-Tart? More is so this more pop tart? The Sarah Moore pop tart? <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> they named it after you. Did they name it after you. Um, they must have. The it's best, the best one. The best thing that I ate during the race was actually rice pudding made by Sarah's husband Andrew. Um, oh my gosh. So she <laughs> had like she had like a gourmet gourmet chef with her. Um, he like brought down like the Vitamix and everything like that. What was he, what were you eating? Like green curry? green curry curry was one thing, right? Uh, uh, fan fan of curry. Don't know that I would eat it while running. Oh, you would if you if it was served up. I mean, he doesn't do the spices uh, on race day. Well, that's but. what I'm kind of thinking. Is like there might be a <clears throat> bathroom situation. <laughs> I mean, there's always bathroom situations on ultra. <laughs> right, but that's but I don't, I don't, I don't. What's the word? You don't poop. You don't, don't need to help. help you don't want to. You don't want to help the poop. I don't want to. Uh, you want to hold it in your hand. <laughs> I don't want to amplify my need to go to the bathroom by giving it curry. Well, oh, no. So, no. but if you did have to poop on the trail, you would have to hold it in your hand. To take it back, she can't poop on Laz's trails. That, that, right? I'm aware that you can't poop on Laz's trails. However, I have a question. He says it's because the dogs go back there, but a dog can't step in some poop that's been that's under some leaves. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I get he doesn't I want everyone imagine. pooping in one place. Like that would be bad to have a mountain. I'm sorry to be gross, but like you know what I mean, right? It um, will never be on your podcast again. <laughs> You're talking about poop. It's my favorite subject, guys. I know, right? <laughs> Do you know what she said to Laz? She made Laz speechless. That's she's rare. Like, randomly, I don't know how this, she's like, Laz, do you know that when you say the word poop, it's the same shape your butthole makes? <laughs> and it's the same thing for explosive diarrhea. And Laz is just like blinking. Like, anytime she did that, she made him speechless and he just had nothing. He always has witty, like, you know, comebacks and something cool to say. And he was just like, Nothing. <laughs> Did nothing. Mm-mm. Has to be a first. Uh, and so then, either Dobies or Tracy Outlaw. We don't know. When Sarah showed up 
before we even started running, they told her, you're going to have to put up some big miles to make up for your personality. <laughs> if you ever you want to get, come back. You're get kicked out. <laughs> We're not invited back. So wait a minute, Sarah, you said that to somebody? Which one? Which you part? S- you said you're going to have to the- put up no, some No, someone said that to her. Yeah, so Dobie said to her, I think. Yeah, oh, because she's like she's talking a lot of shit, so she better be good like that? She's talking, she's talking literal shit. Right. Um, talking about a lot of shit. Yes. <laughs> All right. Somebody is asking, um, with such a response on social media with your success, do you feel uh, any added pressure as female runners? I'll let I think the boys the... should feel the pressure. There you go. <laughs> Girls are going to rule the world, uh, ultra world at least. Yeah, we got to keep it. We got to keep a three-peat female winner next year. Yeah. I think it should be like, all of us at the end by, you know, the next year, get, get the boys out of the way, have a, a full female squad. <clears throat> I feel like this is actually one of those races. That's like the least pressure races. You've, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like the least nerves going into something just because you're like, you just have to wait. You just, I mean, the first 24 hours, you're just like, I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. You know, it's not like when you start a race and you are like, okay, I have to like get ahead and blah, blah, blah. There is no getting ahead. You know, it's just kind of like hanging out for a while, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. I feel more nervous for a 5k before. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do, uh, do any of you have anything left on the calendar this year? Is there anything going to happen that didn't get canceled? Or they- Sarah's going to run desert solstice. No, oh, yeah. Oh, well, maybe. Really? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that'd be rad. Sarah's gonna come. Come on, Amelia. Come on, let's go. Is that is that across the years or is that different? No, that's different. Across the years is canceled. This is Desert Solstice is the track um, invite that Jimmy L puts on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Zach Bitter is gonna go for the. He's gonna try his first twenty four hour. Go for the world record. So that's exciting. Kyle There's like a lot of people here. go for age group records there and yeah. stuff. It's, it's small, so it makes sense how they can still have it. But yeah. And what about either you, Amelia or Maggie? Mm, no, I was supposed to go to the Elliptico World Championships this weekend, but I did not. Are you being that? Would have that sounds like a joke. Are you serious? No, there was seriously an Elliptico World Championships this weekend. I was going to race Molly Seidel, um, and I would have gotten destroyed, but um, my body was just not. I was also really sick, um, so I did not go. But so, yeah. if you follow Amelia, you can see her on her fun little Elliptico out there. Yes, in, out there in Colorado. So is Colorado. this an open invite? Did they ask you? Like, I can't, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. No, I'm being serious. They have an Elliptico World Championship every year. Okay. In, in Palomar, Palomar Mountain in San Diego. Okay. And you race 11 miles straight up the mountain. Right. Um, and then that's the world champion. So they typically do have like qualifying standards you have to meet throughout the year and stuff like that. So... And so did you have to submit like a Strava? Yeah, but I think they just have seen me doing everything that I do on the Elliptico and they're like, she's qualified. After you pro- like, I'm guessing you might, you've probably sold, you probably sold like a hundred of those at least, right? A, f- a, few, a few amount, a few amount, a fair like, amount. Like, hey, no. I saw you on that stupid thing. So I got one. Well, for most part, I just get people making fun of me or yelling obscenities at me. So when they drive by, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would they yell obscenities at you? I get a lot of get off the road, you fucking bitch. So I get, yeah, people are in Colorado. Are, they're supposed to be yeah, nice. They're right? not from Colorado. They're not. They all, I hate to say this. I know you have listeners from Texas. They all have Texas license plates. The ones who yell at me, Texas, you're not, not looking good on you right now. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine calling someone a bitch because they were on an elliptico. I mean, maybe it'd be the same if I was on a bike too maybe they just don't like me but yeah i think cyclists get a lot of shit yeah so but that was the only other thing i had planned i don't know what races are going to happen next year so it's kind of weird to say what i'm preparing for except a 24-hour road race you should do the one in june in washington oh yeah i was good i forget what it's called i was gonna do it but there we go yeah there's your i'll make your schedule for maggie's on top of it (laughs) Matter, you, what, when's your next race that you actually have like on a calendar somewhere? Uh, it would be Barkley because we're all rolled over from next year. So that, as long as I apply correctly, I, I'm I'm automatically back in. 
So I'm just going to recover and try to figure out this lung stuff because I can't run fast. And then, and then that way I'll be healthy for the winter and then just, you know, train my ass off in the winter. Right. And that's, that's what April around there. Yeah. General time frame. Early spring. Yeah. <laughs> that's just staring. I think he's frozen. No, he's not. He blinked. Okay. I, just, I thought he was frozen, but he blinked. <laughs> I tried to pretend like I was frozen because I was, th- I had this question and it just left me. Um, about Barkley. No, it was about Amelia and I were talking about something. Oh, uh, I mean, I think World's Toughest is going to be back on the calendar in, in it's but November twenty twenty one. We have to be it, we have to be back to to be able to maybe maybe. I mean, I'll do it if it happens. You were registered again. for this year, right? Yeah. So well, no, I, I had it registered, but I was planning on running. Right. So well, I was going to say I would not do the big World's Toughest Matter combo though. That was just too much last year to try and run World's Toughest Matter three weeks after Bigs. No, that sounds insane. It was dumb. So, um, but I think, you know, I think I don't like, look, I don't have, I haven't done well enough at Bigs to like continue to think that I should be able to race there. So maybe it's time that I try and like focus my efforts on on other things. (laughs) Maybe I'll run a regular hundred miler for the first time. You haven't done one? No. Yeah. Well, so I disagree with your sentiment about bigs, but I mean, you should try, like, I think you would crush like a, do like a fun mountain hundred. Yeah. I'll make a schedule for next year. There we, there we go. Add a 24 hour in there. And then I think if you come back to bigs two years later, then you're right. going to be like, Oh, I can do this. And like, yeah. I don't know. I think I just need some more confidence. I actually you're really want to. Like, yeah. It's a hard, it's a, I think easy format to get to a hundred, but then to go farther than that, I think it's just really hard. Cause like you said, you can't, you can't have a bad hour. Yeah. You know? Like, and with your speed, like if you were in a normal race, you could have gotten so far ahead that you had 30 minutes to recover and you'd still be ahead. So it's like, right. it's just a hard format. Yeah. I really want to run. Um, my sister just bought a cabin outside of Plain, Washington. She's like a mile from the start of Plain 100. Yes. So uh, I really, I ago. really want to run Plain next yeah. fall um, because it's kind of a there's like no course markings and no crew and no aid stations. It's just self supported. So I think that'd be rad. Just a few. Well, no, because it's like you even you said it earlier. You said I just need to get my cry out and rest and you know, get yeah. my, whatever your little comfort food is. And then, you know, if you know that about yourself, I think most people most people it takes the years that you've already done to do that, right? And it's like, okay, you right. got that one down. So yeah. I thought you did a few I've done hundred K's, not a regular hundred miler. No. Right. Nope. Well Yeah. Well, thanks for hopping on short notice. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Sarah's going to come out and visit me. Well, not me, but she's coming out to Denver in a few weeks, right? I'll hit you up. I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get Courtney out and we'll talk about beaver buttholes. When did, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm losing track of time. When was this race? A weekend ago? Yeah. Yes. Sarah, yeah. Have, Last- you, have you, have you been on any podcasts since then? No. Is this your You're first? You're my first. Is- yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank your buddies Amelia and Maggie for asking because I'm sure I'm sure everyone's going to ask you uh, in the next few, um, especially once you're on my show and they're like, "Oh, she sounds hilarious." Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised they weren't reaching out after her hour long live interview. Your <laughs> 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 friends watching it across the the field, and and your friend um, Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, man, she was rough on you. She was like, when is she gonna stop talking? Oh my god, it was great. You're like a natural. That's what every interviewer wants someone that can talk for like coherently about stuff. Who were you talking to? I don't even know what I said. I was on a couple claws and was a little, a lot of sleep deprivation. Who were you talking to? I don't know. Live stream host, they had they interviewed different people that would as they dropped out. Yeah, you just come on the top of the hour and talk and chat about whatever's going on. Yeah, like the Zoom stream that was going on. Amelia, yeah. Amelia, you have Netflix paused behind you. I'm surprised you don't have football on. Uh, I don't have cable or anything like that. Yeah, but you don't so, need – I don't have cable, but, you know, there's internet ways of getting the football. You know. Well, maybe – I know, but my Seahawks don't play for another few hours, so maybe I'm just going to watch that. Okay. Do you watch it on mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so you know the deal. I know. I'm just saying I'm not watching. I don't have like Red Zone or anything like that. You, know, on. you, you work. You work. Uh, you know. You know. People know that like you need a tech company, get a football streamer. Right, but I pay for it because I do things legally. legally absolutely, of course. Good job, Amelia. Never steal cable, never poop in the woods in Laz's backyard. Thanks to Amelia, Maggie, and Sarah for coming on today to the program. I did poop on the road, though. (laughs) And in the Please, please please keep that one in there. Sarah. I also po- I also pooped on the road, so, okay. so I'm with you. The beginning of your like okay, here's, here's the thing, guys. I, I did not want to get you in trouble with Laz, so here we are. Because like everybody knows, Ultra Runners poop in the woods, blah blah blah. Yeah. So it's not like we're breaking ground here. But when he says that, it does become important because you've got so little time, right? Because you've got so little time, the time to do it would be when you're out in the woods. So on the road, I don't know what it looks like. You just it's dark and you just sort of go off the road. Not yeah. really. Well, there's like a ditch that I fell down actually when I was trying to poop off the road one time. <laughs> so yeah, there's some steep ditches going on. Well, I feel like I should point out there are porta potties literally on the course as you come into the start finish. So you go by them every I use those too. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time, Sarah, you like sprinted by me at the end of a trail loop. And I was like, oh, you're feeling good. And you're like, porta potty emergency. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I got a poop. Yeah, I'll do almost anything to avoid a porta potty, though. Even when Me used too. by not as many people, I will do anything to avoid that. So, yeah, no, I mean, after a couple of days, whew, they were bad. Oh, thank God they're only 50. You should have seen them last year when there were like 75 of us. It was great. Well, we, we, really we only had four as well last year. Yeah, it's like level with the thing. Like, it's so like come on, what do you do? Stop. <laughs> Here's the can. Here's yeah. the poop. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's there with a rake, like smashing it down. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> that was great. That was fun. Now we have to put a warning on this podcast. <laughs> Please call it the poop show. It's been a poop emoji before. Speaking of um, speaking of Netflix, did you hear about that uh, that new movie called Diarrhea? <laughs> no, <laughs> it leaked, so they had to release it early. Oh my god! Amazing. <laughs> oh, dad jokes. That is it, and that is all for this week. That new theme music you are listening to the intro. And the outro is by Paul Bialatovich. That's right, Paul Bialatovich. Say that five times fast. I'm going to go with Paul B when I refer to him. Paul is a very cool dude. Uh, I met through a Patreon community deal, and uh, I'll probably have him on the show later. Uh, But in the meantime, giving him credit, and uh, thanks so much, Paul, for providing us with some amazing, cool, groovy tunes. You can support this program yourself, if you'd like to, through Patreon as well. Hop on the train for as little as two bucks a month. You feel good about yourself. You support all this free content in your ears every bloody week, all the podcasts, all the videos. Uh, But being a Patreon member uh, allows you some sneak peeks. You get some stuff before other people do. You get some stuff that nobody else will see but the Patreons. And we do some cool things as well. Now's the time to do it. Press that button. Upcoming on the show, there's a lot of fun stuff in the pike, including the winner of Biggs, Courtney DeWalter, who I've never had on this show, I'll be recording with her next week. That's coming up. Love you. Miss you. Mean it. I've got your run. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.